Jeremy, my husband, um, decided to like, hey, we need to to start something, you know, on our own. And that's when we actually um, established the recovery and worked on our um, products and launching it. But what happened through all this year when I was running, I was creating great relationships, not only with race directors, but athletes who were maybe better than me or slower than me, it doesn't matter. But, you know, being kind and always be engaged with anyone where you go race and um, be appreciative for what you're doing. Did you know that we each lose a different amount of electrolytes in our sweat, largely based on our genetics? That means that there's no one-size-fits-all perfect sports drink for everybody because we each have unique needs. That's why we at Solpre developed the Sync Hydration System, a series of sports drinks to help match you with the personal level of electrolytes that you need. If you'd like us to help you match with your perfect sports drink, go to solpre.com slash hydration dash quiz. That's solpre.com slash hydration dash quiz. Welcome to the Smart Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Funk. My guest today, currently a pro runner with ASICS. She has a number of top finishes, including a second place finish at the Chicago Marathon. Um, she was a champion at the USA Half Marathon, um, qualified the Olympic trials three times, uh, has her degree in kinesiology. Even though that's been a minute ago, I still think it's important to mention. Um, interestingly, and if you know anything about her, you may already know who I'm talking about. She has represented two countries, both Romania and the USA, in the Half Marathon Championship. She's a co-founder of Roll Recovery. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at Addie Nelson. Welcome to the show, Adriana Nelson. Hey, great seeing you, and uh, finally we met. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so uh, so for you, the listener, you don't have all the background, so we've rescheduled a couple times um, with Addie. First, um, because my wife and I had a baby, and then so we were <laughs> busy at the hospital, not in a place where I could record, um, and then schedules got busy with the second one, but we were finally here, um, able to hang out for today, so thanks for being flexible. With your schedule and, and life um thanks for having me yeah no absolutely um it it there's so many things to ask you I, it's, it's hard to quite know where to start um so one of the things we were talking about before we were recording uh is maybe the challenge of continuing to be a professional runner as you age um so i guess Maybe let's start there. And can you talk to me, I guess, through your career, maybe how things have changed, how you feel, training, any of that kind of stuff, just anything you you think is significant or worth note? Yeah, let's start a little bit of coming from a college degree, like, you know, college uh, um, run career. And I knew for a long time before that, even when I wanted to pursue being a runner, but more, more than that, when I came to the US, I came actually with a scholarship and that was like a huge thing for me. 
It was my voice for a week, so sorry. Yeah, just so if if Addie's got to take a drink of water, just be patient with us. She's losing her voice, so we just. It's been a big, long recovery, especially I can't take any medication because I'm expecting a second baby and I don't want to take any medications. I'm like, no. Anyway, so coming in the U.S. with speaking no English, being able to finish my degree really quickly. Um, I pretty much accelerated through that. In three, three and a half years, I finished my degree. I wanted to be done quick. And then I got immediately approached by ASICS and I, um, I've been with them since 2006, which is, has been amazing. And they've been such a great support for me in my ups and downs, you know, um, very loyal company. Anyway, um, I think the, the biggest challenge was more like the fact that I was alone in the US and you just have to take your um, yourself up there, basically like pursue, pursue what you actually envision yourself to see, you know, to do what, what to do in this like running career. Um, but I was lucky enough to actually be able to run well and um, able to uh, take care of myself. I didn't need, my parents did not help me. I had to help them, them Romania, it's a different life. Um, I had a great manager who, you know, supported me like during this time and, you know, put me in races that he knew I was able to <clears throat> do well. Um, in 2005, I represented Romania and we actually won a gold medal, the world championship, and I finished top 10. And that was great because I was I was still in college in that last year, but I was already running freshly, let's say, let's put it that way. Um, so that put me on the map a little bit. And that's how I actually got approached by other companies. Hey, we want you. Like I considered luck, but at the same time, you know, whatever I was doing at that time. I was doing right. Um, moving forward, like I, I went to all the you know majors and it was great to be always kind of top 10 in the majors. It's amazing. I'm still missing Tokyo on my, on my um, plate basically, just because pandemic came and uh, there's no way to get there. <laughs> um, and 2011, and I was still doing great with my with running. That's when Jeremy, my husband, um, decided to like, hey, we need to to start something, you know, on our own. And that's when we actually um, established the recovery and worked on our um, products and launching it. But what happened through all this year when I was running, I was creating great relationships not only with race directors but athletes who are maybe better than me or slower than me it doesn't matter but you know being kind and always be engaged with anyone where you go race and um, be appreciative for what you're doing that's that's what probably took me one step forward to where I am today um, 
I think without these relationships, probably you will have had like slow start, even with our company. And I didn't create that relationship because I knew I'm going to have a company one day. It was just because that's how my, that's how I am. And I, I like being like that. But just be, being like that helped me where we are today. Um, so then in 2012, when I started representing the US and went to the world championships with them and got even more better, like, you know, appearances and like getting the races and stuff. That didn't change anything on me, what I wanted to, on what I want, what I wanted to achieve in my runnings. And um, I never wanted more, like I wanted more to get best out of me for me. And that's how people should approach. I mean, like any athlete should approach that way, in my opinion. Um, because the better you do for yourself, you are gonna, you know, help the other ones achieve what they want to be you too. It's like a cross-country team. You're not gonna stay with a cross-country team with the slowest person just because you wanna be with them and pat them on the back. You wanna go on the front there and pull them. You, you win the race and you pull the third person next to you. It's the same approach pretty much in anything you wanna do. Uh, at least for my view. <laughs> and, and then um, I have to say, once we start focusing on our um company the challenge is yes because it comes to you you know it's just like it's your life well many things you know you you are now you have people working for you or you know make sure you're doing right with the tax and all these things you always have to be on on your right path with everything to make sure everything is fine um however i think the discipline that i had within my training and my you know, in my running and um, got me to be fine with it. And guess what happened? Because I had two challenges, great challenges. My life was running, which I still love running. I, I just love the running. Was any, at one point, it wasn't any more for money. It was just like, hey, it's, I just want to do it because I just love it, right? Like, um, but it just, in fact, it, it made me stronger. And I couldn't run 110 miles anymore sometimes. I'll run 70 and I'll perform better. Guess why? Because my mind was focused on different things that will take the pain from the running and the running was taking, taking the pain from the business. Um, and not only that, I've seen many athletes like after retiring, really having, a tr having trouble how to transition to from like one part to the other one and that's when um if you have something already on a plate that you know you're gonna serve it then you're ready for that if you have not branched then you don't know what you put in your plate to actually take your mind away from the pain of like you know you, you get in some stages in, in, in on a mental stage like i still want to run but i need to work i don't get paid but i need to uh, but I still want to be in the races, but you know, like, and that's not only my mind. I'm, this is like a general thing I've seen in many athletes. And that's what, what during that time when we were actually creating this company is like, this is my way out when I want to be out. And 
it, it was an easy transition. Transition. Um, the second transition, which is like the sweetest one, was when I had my first daughter. You know, and I was already you know, thirty-seven when I had her. But you see, men mentally and physically, I felt so great that I was like, I want to go back. I just want to like, I want to show my daughter, look who made you, like I took her to the races, I took her in Japan, I took her many good races to like, you know, but she's young, you, you know, two years old, you're not gonna remember all these things. I show her videos and I did that, yes, I did, <laughs> you know. And lately, she, because she knew I was running every single day training and I would leave her home with Jeremy or our nanny for a couple of hours. It's like, mom, I miss seeing you run. Like, when are you going to race? I want to see you race. And can you be faster than that lady? Um, now she sees lady, like some girls or men running in our street. And it's like, you know, they run like this. When you <laughs> run, you're like this. How come they are not that fast? Like, you know, so she sees like the difference, you know. So I made a profit and promised myself. I was like, okay, after this second one, which I'm, I'm almost 31 weeks um, pregnant now. I gotta back, get back in shape because I need to take her back to that to see it. She's super competitive and anything she does, I let her beat me in all the runs. Let her take my the ball away, the soccer ball away. I in anything, just you know, to give her like the spark. But until it's gonna get real, until she's really fast. And I have to be fast. And then our competitiveness is gonna come back, you know. <laughs> anyway, to get back to it, like. The second transition was the, the child, which is easier, but at the same time, missing being competing at that high level. It was again a challenge. Um, this time will probably be a lot easier because I've been through one stage with a one child. I'm going to be in the second one, and you know, I'm 42 now, but I'm still. Um, willing to put myself up and see how much can I do at 42. I was going to be 42. I want to see what am I made of after all these like years of training, having children, working. Um, and I think once you, you, because again, keeping your mind busy and have, look ahead for something that you actually want to achieve and have that that will help you to transition in anything you want to do. Either you're um, starting to be a professional, maybe you're just like in college and that all you see is college running and stuff like that. And you go to professional, which is way different because you don't have a scholarship then. You have to earn it on your own. Uh, you're not going to have the parents that they're like fine to give you some money until you're 22. You have to be again in your own and that's when you find your window to see how much you can really achieve but during this time even when you're in your peak think about what's after um and even you know i made uh, the team for romania in 2008 for olympic games to a point that um so i was third girl and then for some reason the politics it, it didn't work well there. And so I was uh, a substitute and I just didn't want to go. I was like, I'm not going to go just to be a fourth leg. Like, no. And I was young and I thought 
it's okay, I'm gonna go next time. But then I, that's when I decided to switch to USA and it was, that's a shift, a huge shift. Okay, so you go from a strong country. In 2008, we had top 10, two Romanians, one of the gold medalists. Um, where in 2008, USA was not that strong. So I was like, I'm just gonna go and put myself out there, you know? You get a poisoning before the race, you're done. And that's what happened to me in 2012. So how do you take the downs, like the real low downs to actually move forward? It's here. Because you know before that food poisoning all super strong, you know you're weak here and then you're gonna recover. You're just gonna find another goal. And at the end of the day, for me, I was like, okay, you know what? God does want me to be in the Olympic Games, that's fine. Like, I'm doing this for myself anyway. And if I'm lucky to represent the country and, um, you know, proud for doing it, that's a plus. And I was lucky to vote, you know? Mm -hmm. um, Oh yeah, that's that's you know. So you get you, you, from every every transition comes not only again not only when you retire, but every transition comes from a very good race to the next. And how do you approach the next one? It might be a world record, and the next one is not gonna be. It's gonna be a disappointment. No, it's not gonna be like you know. You're still winning. You know, you're still going forward your races and um and trainings and stay healthy and um put everything you can to actually again, achieve stuff for you. Yeah. So I, I want to back up a little bit mm -hmm. because we've been talking about the transitions and stuff. And um, obviously, you know, it's you and your husband starting role recovery. So that there's, you know, kind of two of you to split the workload. It's not just one of you doing all of it. Um, but I wonder about you. I think you touched on this a little bit, but I, I would agree it's important to start figuring out that transition before you need to, because otherwise, like I've talked to many guests, you have this hard stop. You know, it's your last Olympic Games, it's your last professional race, it's your whatever, whatever it is. And, and and for maybe you, the listener, maybe you were never a pro, maybe you just, you know stop doing whatever it was, whatever we all deal with transitions, whether we're, you know, professional athletes or not. What I want to know is what do you think is there a good time or a good like mark for people to realize, like, this is what I need to start preparing the exit. Because as you know, being a pro athlete takes a lot of time and energy just doing that takes a lot of time and energy starting a business or trying to start a career it also takes a lot of time and energy and then you get split so i think maybe the difficulty and why some people don't prepare is that it takes your energy away from and focus away from you know doing that thing you're really good at so do you think there's a is there a good time or or um like a, a way to notice like this is what I need to start preparing for, you know, for the next phase. Can you back off a little bit on how we actually started the company? So you kind of see where, okay. how, how everything 
when because it, it probably sounded easy the way I said it. <laughs> well, it's yeah. it's easy when you're you're ten years in. It's easier to go like, yeah, everything's fine. <laughs> it, and it's fine because this is one great point here is because we believe in it. Um, the same thing with training. You believe in your coach and your and your training. You're gonna move forward and you're gonna do well. The same thing. You have doubts. You're gonna go up and down, and nothing is gonna be solved. So, in 2011, in fact, um, no, let's put it in 2008. I got married. We got married, and then Jeremy was actually helping me on the bike, um, pacing me. He was not really fun at all. Um, he would jog with me sometimes in my afternoons, which is great. And a month after we got married, 2008, you know, we had that uh, collapse in the economy. Um, his company decided to lay off like their best people because they were the best paid. They thought that was the right way. He comes home all depressed and poor thing. I just, <laughs> I was driving his car and I had his mountain bike and I drove into the garage and I broke his bike and then he comes home and he's like, you know, I'm gonna break now. Like, you know, like, it's like, man, I, I, you have two bad news today. The bike is gone too. <laughs> and it's like, I don't care, you know. Um, but I was doing well running. And I think having the support, even on his side and my side too, it was huge during that time because, hey, we just got married. We just built a house together. We, um, from scratch, and everything was like that. Um, how am I going to do now? I want to be a good husband, you know? And I said, hey, how about this? Like you, you don't rush to find a job right now at the moment because everyone, you know, people are laying off people now, that's it. And just jump on in more on trainings, help me more, let's dedicate ourselves for a few years and uh, um, help me. You know, we'll, we're a team here, you're not alone. And I don't feel alone, certainly. So that's what he did to the point where he, after a few couple of months, he's like, I want to start running too, because it's boring. The bike. It's like, okay, come, come along. <laughs> he came on a workout with me and he thought after the workout, I was like, I thought I saw Jesus in the clouds come and pick me up. Like, he looks so easy. Like, you know, I was like, well, you know, years of training, right? Meanwhile, he started doing his master's degree in Stanford University for uh, product development. That he's a mechanical engineer of trade. And that's when he's like training, going to school, um, going to school basically. And I was getting massages and paying someone, you know, two times a week or something. And that's the only way to keep fresh your muscles and stuff. That was it for me. Um, icing, baths, swimming, whatever it takes, you know. And he's like, I, I can't afford to go pay massages. It's like, okay. Then he is like, I was like, I want to look. He hated the stick. He, yeah. Like, it's like, he hated the foam rolling being on his like awkward position. He's tired. It's like, I don't know. Then he is like, how come is nothing there? Something that is really compressing the, the muscle itself. Like, you know, so you don't have to do too much work. Mm -hmm. I have actually. We want to hear, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Right, it's like if you haven't seen it. So if, if you're just listening, you're missing out the YouTube version. 
just mm -hmm. you can actually see the thing or or you can go to ruralrecovery.com and they'll they'll show you the devices yeah he you know and then he started drawing stuff he went in the garage he went to home depot bought some pvp five pipes and all these things that he needed he made something crazy similar um and then the first prototype was kind of funny looking it was like a robot looking like it's, it's kind of clunky and stuff second one was perfect and that's when we it's like okay we gotta make some patents on it we gotta show people to see if they would like it you know and we had neighbors like make me one do like everybody was trying i want one where's this you know it's a good way to validate demand when people are asking to buy one and you don't have them to sell yeah. <laughs> well, it was great i mean like it was flattering because that we did it for us like yeah. it's not for anyone else of course it was like i want it for me <laughs> um but when we started to have to put like a lot of money into patents and like you know productions and molds and trips and all those things all the reserve money we were having it was kind of like slowing down right yeah you go race as a professional if nobody knows that probably you don't get the money right away a check you get a week and no, no, i mean a week will be like fast in a month two three months so every time we'll be like okay we're waiting on the check keep going you know yeah uh, asking family and friends and banks and no, everybody is saying no we can't give you money right yeah. so we basically said we got a lot of no's when we started the company and we just kept moving forward it's like mm -hmm. okay like even if it takes a little longer we're gonna we're gonna be fine uh and one time we were really short on like starting the production that was all we had molds we had we we the patents we have everything but i was like okay we don't have money more money for production hmm. until the next check is coming you know yeah i, I do want to stop you for just one second so for you the listener if you're not familiar getting a mold made even if you're going to china or wherever production is getting a mold made for your product is not cheap it hmm. it, it it's even very simple products sometimes can be an easily a five-figure expense like it's it's not a it's not for the faint of heart, is it? So I just, I want to give a little more context to the situation. Yeah, yeah. And this, and this product is not like a cheap product made. Right. It has to be like so precise and perfect that you go back and forth and every every change is like a cost. You know, like it's everything. Yeah. Um, so one morning we come from the church, it's Easter morning. And Jeremy was ready to talk to me and i was like oh like, he sat me down he gave me a tea a little cookie you know um and he said like look to move forward there's one thing we can we have to do and he knew how much he's meant to me because my background the way it came from my family you know like uh the only thing to move forward because nobody's giving us money is to actually sell the house and so he's trying to butter you up before giving yeah. you this news but guess what i did he barely finished a sentence and i said okay let's do it because i'm not born in any like you know silver spoons and everything mm -hmm. in fact my parents lost their houses to the banks two times we were homeless sleeping to my grandma on the floor so i was ready for anything so i guess we're young we at this age we can actually start 
again, anything. So if we fail, which I think we want, um, and that's the belief I, we have in the product, I'm okay to fail again. It's okay. And he like <clears throat> looked at me, he's like, are you sure? Like, really? That was easy. Like, that's the support in anything. You want to start something you should have either if you either is your family, your spouse, your partner, your good friends, to not let anyone pull you down on something you believe. So we're at the point that I was like, okay, we're paying even the mortgage right at this moment in credit cards and we're not afraid. It's fine. We just close our eyes. Okay, it's fine. We're gonna, you know, we sold the house, we sold the cars, we actually had only one left. Like it was fine. We rented a place. And everything came, came not necessarily smooth. Don't get me wrong. Again, like you're saying, things are heavy. You have to change and everything. You know, it's like everything doesn't come. Okay, here is a product. You're done. No, you're not. Done. <laughs> no. Um, but the most exciting part was when we actually got the first 10 samples. We took uh, a couple of samples with us to the, uh, it's, it's a famous coffee shop next door in, in Boulder. It's called the uh, Amante Coffee Shop. And they're only cycles and they, that's your stop there. And we took this rates it's called, and we try and you know, film people to see when their reaction when they tested. And I'm not kidding, two people, one of there were some of them were outside and some one of these guys was only inside. He tries this is like doing an investor. We go inside and the same, like this guy's like, hey, do you need help? I, 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 I can give money, you know, like in an investor. And then there's another team, like young athletes team. And they tried, they already were going nuts. Like, you know, I was like, I was like, we're in good hands now. Like if these guys, nobody said I hated it. And, you know, it's going to be a percentage there that they don't like that kind of massage. It's fine. But the, the feedback, and, and the, the way everything went, uh, it gave us even more courage. So the cool thing is that, well, you know, we ordered a couple of, you know, 2000 units for the first production after we knew everything was fine. And we said like, you know, it's probably gonna take a year or two until we sell them. We don't, you know, we don't know too many people, but the connections I was telling you earlier that I made with great friends, you know, like, Chalene and Des and you know like all race directors and, and and not only in US like Japan Europe the war went up fast mm -hmm. because they not because they're all my friends but they like the product right and I always tell them like if you don't like the product it's totally fine give me a feedback I love it like because we want to be here don't don't say anything good just because of me yeah not, you know which can I, I be never, hard with friends sometimes because they're like, I like you, and, you know, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but yeah. real good friends will tell you it's terrible if it's terrible. And, it, it, and it, it's the approach I always had on earning it, mm -hmm. not giving it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want, I want to earn your trust that you like that product rather than just, oh, it's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, and I, I you can ask anyone. I told them, like, if you don't like it, don't even worry. We didn't pay up this to say any word because we don't have that money. Mm -hmm. um, 
But then they, 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 you know, they saw where I started it again, coming from the U.S. with nothing and like trying to do something with my husband and, um, and going in this, and U.S. is the, the country of opportunities if you can, if you know how to take it. Mm -hmm. um, don't give it, let them work for it. And if you believe in it, you're going to move forward with something that you believe in it. Um, so yeah, same, this is our approach we took and, we, and it's mainly because again, we believed in it, we took the risk, but the risk was positive and we kept saying these 2000 units will take a year or two and we said, okay, we'll make the money back, you know, like whatever, that's fine. It took three months to be gone and we're out of stock. So that was like, okay. Now we can actually maybe hire some people. We, we gave jobs, right? That, that, that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. We hired athletes who actually, they're professional runners and they, I understood their schedule and trainings and races and they appreciate us. We have people in the office, they're still like there for 10 years already. Um, and it's, it's because it's a, like we built a trust, we built relationships and um, and nobody wants to leave us. I mean, we don't want them. We don't want them, we don't want them to go because we, we love them and it's part of the family. And so that's the same approach when you go from one, from any career, not only running, really, because you can be an amateur. And in fact, running can just really be part of your therapy, mental mm -hmm. therapy, physical therapy. You don't have to be a champion in anything, but if you educate yourself hey if i train five times a week i'm gonna be fit if i eat well and i don't eat junk the time i'm gonna be a better runner and healthier if i so if you know how to do these things you can also approach your work your career the same way because you will see it with a clear vision and I think that's important, like once you're set on, on some things you want to do in life, it's like really, what are you best at? Put that thing on next one. If you are about to retire, put your mind, because you, you're not a champion or a runner. You're representing a country or something for nothing. You, you've been there because you worked for it and you knew what to do. And you're going to take the same concept to the next page. And if you're not, if, if you fail a little bit, not all the trainings are perfect, right? You back up and say like, okay, why did I make a mistake there? And then you go back and say, oh, okay, I cannot touch that to the problem. Um, and staying positive, like always positive, even, even when, you know, errors are triggering you and just start shooting at you, just take them brave because some of these uh, errors, like it's always to a wake up call. You know, it's like, oh, that was a, a good reminder for something that I need to do better. And, and some people can take that as a negative where you can actually take it as a really good positive, turn anything negative and positive, spin it around and put it right back onto your plan. And, I hope that helped answer. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so 
one thing you kind of uh, mentioned, and so for me, it was just a couple hours ago, I was talking with last week's podcast guest. For, so for you, the listener, if you're listening to this when it comes out, it was last week, Alexi Vermeulen. Um, he made a big transition from sport. So he used to race cycling on the road and as a 23 year old decided to leave to go to gravel, even though he was doing well. And so we talked a little about transitions in that episode too. But one of the things that I I think I talked a little bit about with him, I, I like to talk about is like something you mentioned, which is like, Oh, separating who you are from what you do. Like if you're, you know, you were saying, okay, maybe you're not, you know, world champion anymore. Maybe you're not a runner. Like you're taking those kind of raw qualities of who you are and applying them to the next thing. I think probably, especially for pros, I would guess, but even for non-pros, competitive people, people who take their, you know, sport very seriously, I think it's a challenge for many of us not to be like, well, I'm a runner, so I have to run. So like, especially when people get injured or they have to do something else, it's hard to move away from that identity. So I'd like to ask you about how do you, how do you, I guess, maybe personally or in general, separate your identity as like, I'm, I'm just me, I, I run, but that's not who I am. I, I, I feel like sometimes being more humble because everything in life will make you, like anything in life can make you humble. And um, putting yourself a step back a little bit and be more calm on what you're doing will actually help you on this transition a lot. Well, um, like, you know, whoever knows me, they think like, oh, you're such an amazing runner. You achieved this and that and that. And the way I see it is like, uh, Jim makes fun of me all the time. Because I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm just saying like, I'm just lucky. You know, I was, it was like, no, that's not luck. You work for it and you prove it now once. You prove it many times. Like, yeah, but I still want to say I'm lucky, you know, like, mm-hmm. and that's one approach of positivity because maybe the next race or the next job or whatever it is, uh, it might feel hard. You you might feel like you're not really achieving even what you had before. And how do you approach that? And the way you approach it is like, take a step back and say like, I'm okay to fail a little bit because yeah, maybe I was lucky with that race or not, but I know I'm better than that, but it was not my day. And I will have another one, you know, it's, and, and again, like turn that negative spin the other way around and approach it differently. Maybe you're not going to like a new person at work. Uh, How are you going to approach that? You have to be ready for that. Um, So how are you ready for that? Read these people, read a trip, like, you know, it's training or not, like read the training, um, see if you already can achieve from that and keep moving forward positively. I'm not sure if you still hear me because I think- uh, No, know. I can hear you. Okay, the, the window froze. Um, 
Oh, I'm, I'm frozen. Sorry. That happens in my video sometimes. That's fine. Uh, so, for example, um, after I had, before I had my daughter, I used to run 100 and 110 miles a week. Mm -hmm. And one of my main trainings, when I knew I'm ready for a marathon, was I'll do like a 35K, which is what is that, like 20 miles over 20 miles, mm -hmm. um, where I would basically start a little slower than the race pace and then finish faster than the race pace. And all they do is pretty hard, right? Yeah. Um, and I learned through this time to actually, it was hard for me to accept that I can't reach sometimes that I used to reach then, right? And then you have to find, you have, it's like, okay, I need to find reasons why. And that's a mistake sometimes. But sometimes it can be fine. It's like, okay, here is why. I used to run a longer time. I used to take naps, which I'm not. I used to sleep nine hours a night in which right now I'm like eight, where actually five, four, I'm awake. You know, so it's just like that transition of like motherhood and breastfeeding and mm -hmm. and you still and you still want to achieve what you had before, you must be crazy. Or take it slow, build it up, and see what you can, you can achieve with less. So that's when you start accepting the change. Um, and the moment I started uh, accepting that change, guess what? Everything came on, on, on place. Um, I ran not more than 80 miles, the max I probably did after my daughter, like when I was like the highest week or something, but usually it would be like between 65 and 75 miles and I still run 230. And I was on my, you know, all, all the time on my feet running after the baby, cooking, emails, working. And, and it was because my mind was taking me, like whenever I was focused on something, I was like, we'll do that thing right there. When I was in the running, that's all I could do right here. And I wish I would have been a little stronger in racing because I, I felt like I was, in, I was a little weak knowing that I, I left my daughter home, my husband, and half of the way in the race, I would think of them. I couldn't sleep all night. And like, are they saying, I know my husband is like on her. Like I tell her like, you better watch. I don't want to hear anything. Like, you know, you're like, if something happens, you know, <laughs> I thought he, he's amazing. He's like, he's such a great dad. Um, but my, I couldn't take my mind away from that. And in the race, whenever I it was hard, I will put even more down myself because I will think more of my daughter. I was like, it's so hard. I trained so hard and I trained harder than before. And I achieved fastest time than before her. Why am I not doing this? And, and then the moment I will wake up, it's like, oh, wait, my legs are back. Oh, wait, my, my head is back. And then I will just try to recover everything I lost in the last 10K where everybody's dying. It's like, why didn't I not do that in the middle when it was the hardest one? You know? So it's all about how you can actually manage these feelings mm -hmm. on, on anything you do. Like this is just a raw example. It's like a really good example because I could see myself like where I was failing. Mm -hmm. um, but then I will take my daughter to races and guess what? She wants mommy. She's not gonna want daddy too much. So I'll be like, 
holding, breastfeeding, whatever I'll do. So it's like my energy is off too. Like, so where do you draw the line? Um, you, you know, and again, you need to accept you're getting older, you're getting less time, you're not gonna be young forever. And if it's, it's okay to slow down, but feel the same way as you're young, because for example, maybe when I was running in my 220s, I felt great and energized and the trainings were as, the same as hard as when I was in my late 30s. But I felt the same way because I would back off and I'm like, hey, you gotta respect yourself for what you're doing and your time you're spending before training. You're not putting your legs up anymore. And if it's like five seconds, 10 seconds slower a mile, that's an achievement because you're doing so much more. Mm -hmm. And and again, like you have to to hammer these trainings to get there to feel good, even if you're 40 now and you're running say three hours on you know when you're 25 give an example and now you're 40 and you're gonna be 315 but if you are smart you're gonna feel the same way by just accept that that 15 minutes it's it's your time that you can spend on training recovery and resting and and your bones and muscles are not recovering the same way and give credit to yourself for anything and i think that's that's what one great advice here is to like go with the flow and and feel it how is that you know how you're pro how how smart are you and how good are you feeling about yourself moving forward with each year and every you know five years from now is not going to be like today you know you just have to accept that and the way to accept it is to be proud of yourself. Hey, I'm still putting myself out there to like, not to show the world. It's for me again. Like, it's like, mm -hmm. hey, this is what I love to do. And you're not going to be a world champion anymore after you're done. And if any, and you know, I tell you what, people forget about you fast. Yeah. And you have to be okay with that. And there are some artists there who have been pampered and all this in the media and all these things. And the moment it's cut, they go on a depression, mm. but why would you go that way? You have to try to avoid that, right? And accept like, hey, I'm a human, like anyone else. I might be a 220s girl right now and maybe tomorrow I'll be a three hour and I'll be like still loving it and feeling the same way I was and still competitive and feel that fire in the tum tummy and like just, and, and it's still great. And like, and that's what I want to do it for my daughter too. When we come back yeah. running, and I was like, I want to show her, and it's okay. She hates being beat up on something. Like she's like, I was like, I think I know where you got that from. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yesterday she was swimming in the pool with her friend, and she's a very good swimmer. We took her swimming since she was nine months old, so because I want her to be safe and stuff. And she's tiny for four, four and a half, you know, and like skinny, like, like me, what can I say, you know, yeah. tiny, you know, petite. And her friend is six months or seven months older than her, but is like this much taller than her, like stronger and stuff. And they're both great swimmers. And I can see 
the competitiveness in her and how she likes to challenge herself. She'll be like, throw me these things, three, three of them, not two. Why do you throw me? You throw her two and I will catch three. <laughs> and she'll bring her all these three little toys from, you know, they go on the bottom of the pool and they catch them and she'll come so fast out first. Like I was like, you don't always have to be first. It's fine to be second. It, it's fine to like, see sometimes weaknesses to actually know or take that weakness up high again. Mm. And again, you slow down, that's fine. Find, find some challenges there to actually make you feel positive and great about yourself because mm-hmm. you're not, then you're gonna be stuck. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I, I mean, I don't wanna like overstep my bounds, but just at least from our conversation, I think, um she's just gonna she's gonna be just fine because you just the from what we've talked about I think you've got a really good handle on I mean all of it the ups the downs how to deal with it how to be content while you're still being competitive like it's a balance obviously like you're if you're hungry to win you're hungry to win but then you also know like you said most of the time you lose (laughs) Yeah, like that's it. But you have to deal with that, and, and so I think I think she's going to be um, in good hands. So yeah, I'm not going to push her. In fact, the cool thing is that I she, she had bike on a training wheels for until this year, mm-hmm. and and my mind was like, I think you you you're really ready to take that pedals out, like the, the the wheels out, you know, training wheels. And she's like, Mommy, no. I was like, Okay, I'm listening to you. No problem. Two weeks ago. She's like, mom, I really want to take these wheels off. Scary sure. Like, okay. So Jeremy helped her, like guided her. In 10 minutes, she knew how to learn how to go in all training mm-hmm. wheels because she was ready. Yeah. And um, and that's one thing too with children and everything. Let them be ready when they're ready. Mm-hmm. Let's not push them because I as much as competitive I am. Uh, and I want to see her, you know, explore and do so well in many sports and everything. She can do a pull-up now. It's like amazing. Um, she sees me and her dad and she wants to try. So she, she's good. Every kid is going to live by example. You know, and we push ourselves and I think that's what she sees. And, and I'm grateful that she sees that and she, she takes it in. But you know, if she was not ready for the training wheels to take off, I would be like, no, it's okay. Whenever you're ready. And she's like, and now I think I'm ready for the, the bike with the brakes on the, on, you know, handles. Mm-hmm. Like, hmm, you're going to have to learn a new skill now. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll do great. Like, yeah. Well. Um, as we're starting to run out of time, um, I'm going to ask you the question. I'm asking everybody this season. Each season, I have a singular question. I ask every single guest. Um, I have a feeling you'll have a great answer for this one. So this year I'm asking everybody, how do you celebrate your wins? I, um, how do I celebrate my wins? Okay. So if you achieve something, it doesn't have to be like I'm world champion now, but just when when you achieve something that was important to you, how, how do you celebrate? First of all, I think Every, every, every single little one, every single win, I'll say, I, 
I celebrated inside of me because um, because when I lose, I cry a lot, you know, and and I'm easygoing even then when I lose. Like, yeah, you don't, you don't have to win to actually win it, right? I mean, to be first and winning can be like I had a great race and that's all I wanted and I wanted the time and I'm I'm super happy, right? But when you go under while you train and and you you don't achieve what you're actually hoping to. That's the hardest lose sometimes. And that's when you actually have to really know that's a win too, because that's like, how do you want, how do you get out from that? So when I win, I just, I, I honestly, I just smile and I came great for the next challenge because that's, that's like, that's one, uh, that means I gained something. And at the same time, I ask myself, could I have done more? Um, I don't go celebrating a vacation or like a beer or whatever, you know, it's like, I'm going to go for a next, next day run to actually celebrate my legs to see how they feel after the race and if I'm ready for the next one or, or the work. Like I, I, made a, I made a huge project and it went better than I thought. I'm not gonna be like, yes, it was me, just because of me, because I thought of this, like, I'm putting the whole team on there, the whole team, celebrating with them, even though 90% of it I've done it or something. I prefer to get everyone involved that was even this much part of it to feel, to make them feel the same way. And that's the same thing, either race or, or work or school with AJ or, uh, everything I just like to put involve everyone that has been part of it and that's my my biggest celebration to feel them good about it too feel like they've been part of it so and if people want to see what you're up to follow the racing you're doing um, you know see how you're recovering after uh, baby's born here and it's coming up soon it's going to be very very soon as well um, eight weeks left <laughs> <laughs> so by the time this comes out it will only be four weeks to go um wh where can they find you where can they keep up with all the coming and goings of what you guys are doing at World recovery you all that kind of stuff yeah um i'm active pretty much in instagram and i never flop people with anything like i'm pretty i'm staying low with everything i'm doing but um i get a lot of messages and questions and i'm always happy to answer i have from young, very young children, I mean, like, you know, high schoolers to like um, over 40s and 50s people who write me and ask me, you know, advice. And I, I love giving the advices because that's that's who I am, it's part of me. Um, our comp so it's Adi under, underline Nelson. It's either usually Instagram. Uh, don't talk about politics with me because I'm not a political person. I'm like a very like, Whatever is best for you, do it. Ask her running questions. Just keep keep it to the running. Yes, like uh, like life questions. Like yes. really, everything else doesn't matter. Like really, um, our company is at Slow Recovery, and Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, um, and uh, yeah, like I'm here anytime. Awesome, Eddie. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, and I hope. Uh, your, you know, listeners are going to enjoy this episode.